0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Harvey McKay. He has authored some of the best-selling books in publishing history with more than 10 million copies sold worldwide, including probably one of the first business books uh, uh, I really uh, embraced uh, a few years ago. called swim with the sharks without being eaten alive today we're going to talk about his newest book called the mckay mba of selling in the real world so it's a real treat to have you on harvey thanks for joining me
1: thank you john i've been looking forward to this
0: well so um you know since this book is just you know in the title selling uh let's just cut to the chase why is selling so hard for some people well,
1: first of all, uh uh if everybody could sell then, then the the profession would not pay the unusual dollars that everybody receives. Uh selling's difficult of course because you get rejection and when rejection comes, what do we do? Yeah. We take it personally and nobody likes to be rejected. So uh in the meantime why it is so important though, is that I believe I don't care sales, engineers, lawyers, uh Everybody has to sell ideas. And uh, you don't have to be out knocking on doors, or calling on the telephone, pushing a product. Uh, from my perspective, uh, at least my father taught me, who was a newspaper man, headed the Associated Press for 35 years here in the Twin Cities, where I'm calling from. Uh, uh, everybody has to sell something at one time or another. And then, of course, in business, if you don't have sales, Uh, We know there are no employees, and of course, you have to be able to bring the business through the front door. Uh, With all respect to to Harvard, uh, uh, whom I respect, of course, Uh, if I'm interviewing you, John, uh, as a lawyer, and you just graduated, uh, and if you happen to be from Michigan with better contacts and a better ability to bring the business through the front door, you are a B student from Michigan and I'm also interviewing an A student who doesn't have that network and not the ability to sell, Uh, frankly, I'm going to hire you.
0: Yes. So, a, a lot of times, I think you hear these terms, and you've, of course, spent a lot of years uh, both uh, instructing and motivating sales folks. But I, I think there's a, a belief that you either have these traits, you're born with these certain traits, or um, you know, or not. Um, and I, I'd, I'd like to get your take on. I mean, is this is this really a skill that can be uh, taught and learned?
1: Well, I, yeah, uh, you're born with some talent, of course. But but no one is born, and you're born with good looks, uh, uh, but no one is born with determination, and so therefore in persistence. Uh, I firmly believe that that is not true. Uh, You just give me any human being, uh, 7.2 billion people on the planet, you give me anybody with passion, uh, who absolutely has a deep down burning desire to succeed, who's got a little bit of focus. I think you can train any person, okay, as long as they have a love for what they're doing. Uh, I've always said find something you love to do and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And, and of course, I've practiced that and we try to hire those kinds of persons. So uh, even if you get an introvert, uh, uh, some people have said I've never met a successful hermit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to I tell you, uh, uh, you, you give me a hermit, though. And let me work with him or her, and I can promise you the probability that whatever the talent they have uh, okay, uh, within, uh, I'll get it out of them, as will any other teacher or instructor or advisor, counselor, mentor. So whatever a God-given person's uh, potential is, whatever their talent is, uh, you can get that out of them. I think any listener out there can become a good salesperson. Uh, again if they practice the right concepts
0: well and that's a great point because i have a lot a lot of my audience are small business owners and there's no question they have the passion i mean maybe it's because they love love what they do or maybe it's because they've mortgaged their house and they have to love or they have to be passionate about what they do but but what are some of the ways then to to take you know it's not enough to just have that passion i mean how do you focus it and you know what are some of the the tools and techniques that you would recommend for for that person you know they 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 believe in what they do they just they just have trouble getting, uh, taking that and turning it into sales.
1: I couldn't agree more, and, and I, I might add, the uh, small business person. Uh, uh, I guess I, I moved from. A, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Still have trouble spelling the word, <laughs> but that's exactly exactly what I wanted to be. And I moved from a, a small seven eight nine person company that I got started on uh, selling envelopes in Minneapolis to. Now we're, uh, I guess, uh, almost a medium-sized business as U.S. standards go. But I've been hanging out with small entrepreneurs all of my life, and I've been speaking uh, pretty much once a week the last 25 years. And so if I could, uh, to small business, if I could prioritize uh, uh, what some of the the errors that they make, I think number one would be, and I, I pay special attention to this in the book, of course, um, practice makes perfect. That's mm. not true. You have to add one word, perfect practice makes perfect. And if I'm a golfer, just an example for those golfers out there that are listening, you can play eight days a week. You can practice eight days a week. You've got a loop in your swing. What are you doing, John? Yeah. You're perfecting an error. <laughs> you, you put a ceiling on how good you can become. And so, uh, once again, I have coaches for everything. I've had about 23 24 coaches in my life right now I've probably got about 13 to 15 I'm counting them up but but I have a I have a writing coach I have a humor coach I have a language coach I've studied Russian Chinese Japanese and Arabic but I've coaches I've luckily been able to run 10 marathons Boston's and New York's and I've got a marathon coach side by side I've got a golf coach I've got a skiing coach I've got a tennis coach I've got a swimming coach Uh, I've got a social media coach. I use coaches for everything. And I think every small business person should absolutely, they're not spending a single penny, John. They're making an investment in themselves. And whatever area of expertise they're weak in, if they go out and get a consultant to coach, and of course there's nothing like a mentor because those are 100% free, Mm. uh, then you know every day they come to work they're practicing the right concepts. Again, uh, I strongly believe uh, I have a kitchen cabinet. I think every small business person should have a kitchen cabinet. I couldn't live. I wouldn't have been successful without my kitchen cabinet at age 26 when I did get started. And I got five friends from different areas and expertise. And I mean, they like me and I make them as friends. I made them as friends. And, and I would meet with them. And, and, you know, I wrote, I wrote years ago, I actually said this on the fraternity floor. At the University of Minnesota, when a person with money meets a person with experience, here's what happens. The person with the experience winds up with the money. <laughs> the person with the money winds up with the experience.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so there's, you can't start at the top and work up. And I don't talk in cliches. I read a national syndicated column and every chapter I've ever written has a McKay's moral at the end of it. But you, but so I use these to motivate myself. Can I repeat? You can't start at the top and work up. No substitute for experience. Have to pay your dues. Get the mentor. There are more people out there willing to help you, every small business person out there listening, than there are people, okay, that will be asking, believe it or not. More people out there to help you. But it comes back to your very first question. Uh, And I I put it this way. There's one chapter titled in the book, Never Say No. For the other person. What I mean by that then, of course, mm. is, is that, uh, John, you could be a mentor of mine. I'm living in Kansas City, and but I say to myself, oh, he won't help me. He's, he's way up there. He's way successful. What's he going to do helping little old Harvey? Well, I'm not going to say no for you, John. I'm going to ask, yeah. right? And so therefore, uh, uh, those are some of the things. No substitute again for the practice, for the mentors, and then continuing education. Uh, big in my book, big into all seven books. You don't go to school once for a lifetime. You're in school all of your life. So I've counseled about 500 small business people um, doing uh, right now 25 personal people from around the United States, 52 weeks a year. And and uh, you have to go back absolutely and stay sharp. And I don't care whether it's Toastmasters International on a one to ten, if you're a small business person and and your peers give you six or seven or eight, then back to Toastmasters uh, without without question. Back to Dale Carnegie uh, if you want to build a network. And we haven't even mentioned that word yet, of course, yeah. the network of small business. So those are some of the things obviously I discuss in the book. Uh, I would like to uh, – I'd love to go out and interview 1,000 business people and ask them to prioritize uh, every small business person, you know, you don't start out as a big business person. or running a big company. So what's the secret if you could prioritize all of the things why those 1,000 business people are successful? And, of course, right at the top of the list, again, you know, the big four uh, would be networking. Uh, they they, they, they dig your well before you're thirsty, yep. and you go out there and make some contacts.
0: Let let me um, shift gears just a little bit. I mean, uh, not not dramatically, quite frankly, but, uh, you know, there's certainly the the web and the internet and on social media and all these new tools that have kind of sprung up um, have in some ways changed selling, uh, changed marketing, changed networking, um, but in some ways maybe they haven't. What's your take on kind of how, how can the salesperson that maybe traditionally went out, went to events, met people, networked? Uh, built you know built up uh, some strategic alliances but but now in some ways some of that technology has created some barriers to that i mean how do you how do you take advantage of all the high tech but still take advantage of a lot of what you preach which i would call more high touch
1: well that's a that's a fabulous question uh first of all uh my experience uh right now uh, is, and it's been for, well, especially since 2008, the economic tsunami that yes. hit uh, in 2008. Uh, it's not dog-eat-dog out there. It's not rat-eat-rat. It's shark-eat-shark. I mean, it's just brutal out there. So a seismic shift is taking place, uh, especially in sales. Uh, the great classical uh, sales principles still hold true, but they do have to, just as you mentioned, they have to be fused with these cutting-edge Internet technology. I don't think there's a lot new out there in the last 50 to 100 years uh, for being successful. It's the way we get our information that's changed the whole world. Now, as I talk to you, I'm, again, from Minneapolis. Cray Research had the biggest computer in the world at one time uh, back in the, in, in the late 50s. And then and then it was Honeywell and, and on and on, controlled data they changed IBM I uh, hear that those computers couldn't fit in my living room mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I mean they did that you know they were so huge mm-hmm. and now as I'm talking to you one foot away is my iPhone and I've got more power in my in my one little hand here <laughs> than right. the greatest computers in the world so so it's the way that we get our information not the other principles again from my perspective so how does a person do this well they, they, without question, I think there's plenty to know as we talk this very minute. Uh, whatever I tell you on technology, I can promise you 30 days from now, some of it will be obsolete. Uh, uh, it, it's just on and on and on. Every week, every month, uh, we get another explosion. And, and so, therefore, if the salesperson doesn't understand those concepts, and I just want to, again, I have to go back to my book. Uh, example, though, uh, well, let's, let's just go back one more one more fact. It took radio 38 years to get to 50 million listeners. It, t- it took television 17 years to get to 50 million uh, viewers. It took the Internet only five short years to get to 50 million users. And now we're at 2 billion right. out of 7. 2 billion. Okay, so, so what they have to understand is as follows. the the people in sales, and I'm talking about small business CEOs and so forth. They have to understand that there are ways that they don't know about. Right this very minute of we talk, and yes, you can find it in my book, uh, and that is take the cold out of cold calling. If every listener right now will just go hit samrichter.com, R-I-C-H-T-E-R, samrichter.com. Uh, they will find the invisible web. Uh, people are doing searches and searches, and they're getting a gazillion searches uh, to no avail. Wouldn't it be wonderful, John, if I'm calling on you, and this is ethical, highly ethical, principled. It's just a matter of what I call preparing to win. If I'm calling on you and you're the buyer of General Mills at 3M, okay? and I'm a small little business person trying to, trying to sell you, wouldn't it be wonderful if I knew... Uh, whether you're a golfer or not, not, what your golf scores are, what your handicap is, the country clubs that you play with, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or independent. Uh, uh, this is this is 1984 advanced, but it, but it's all, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's all there. It's all open. But people don't know where to go to get that information. And so I've got a salesperson, a sales force of 35 people. Uh, we basically CAT scan an MRI every single one of our 3,000 accounts uh, around the world, uh, 80% the U.S., uh, before we even make it. There's no such thing as a cold call. Right. So, Sam Richter has bought, has, has bought a nice interview in my book with him. Uh, he's written this book, Take the Cold Out of Cold Calling. I have never endorsed a book gone on the cover of a book, never, except his book. I one in the front cover. That's the front cover.
0: and And so
1: that's technology. Back to your question, long answer. I apologize, but... You have to understand the big picture. Uh, uh, Everybody has to understand that whatever they've learned three months ago and six months ago, you know, not going to necessarily be obsolete, but they have to stay on top of it. And that's why why they can use that to their advantage, and that's what we do when we call on our 3,000 accounts.
0: You... um... Uh, I'll switch gears again a little bit more because I said a, a great deal of, of this book, as I think you have a history of doing, has has a lot of sort of motivational uh, instruction as well as just yeah. technique. Um, and one of the things you talk about, of course, I'm sure very many people are familiar with the the, the movie The Bucket List, and it's sort of become uh, kind of ingrained in the culture now. I think people talk about. The, something being on their bucket list um, it's pretty common um, you talk about having a a bucket list that is sales specific uh, in in the context of this book you want to you want to talk a little bit about that
1: well the uh, uh, to to recall that specifically I, I think I'd have to probably refer to that page I don't know if you got the hardcover <laughs> or,
0: <laughs> I do, I do have you, the book sitting here do
1: you have the hardcover um, do you have the and, the um, three and a half years. I, I love your comment. As we started, uh, took it took you 25 years to write your first book. <laughs> this one did only uh, take me three and a half years yeah. in, in the making. At the time, at the same time, writing 200 columns. But on the specific bucket list, uh, if you can give me that reference point real quickly. I might be able to... Uh, well, I, th- I
0: think you, you won't even really need him. You know, obviously the movie, um, the bucket list you, you referenced, and uh, I'm, I've got the page here. It's on page 88. Um, and you you really just talked about this idea. Uh, I, I think really the point of the list is just, is just creating stretch, you know, kind of stretch goals in a way um, for your... Uh, for your selling. And so you actually, uh, in case you're not sure how to begin here, are eight candidates you might want to weigh in, sell something to the person you think might be the toughest customer in the world, maybe Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, and map out exactly how you might do it. So it, it to me, it was almost like you were giving a, a pers- uh, some suggestions for uh, essentially how to, how to really stretch yourself and, and to use kind of this bucket list concept uh, to do so. Sure well uh, yeah it's kind of like uh, it's
1: kind of like what, what i talk about visualization to uh, to some degree too i don't think you can i don't think you can be successful without having visualization so so to do that sure, to i uh, recall that a little bit i appreciate that mm-hmm. uh but to to do that uh, the stretch uh i'm i'm a lucky guy i i uh, my my best friend he's my brother and of course, I forgot I referenced him there because I referenced so many times in the book. But one of the best, one of the best, is on the stretch, is Lou Holtz is my brother. We are joined at the hip for the last 30 years. We talk every every other day. Uh So I'm a lucky guy. Uh, that's Lou Holtz, of course, a former Notre Dame coach, Hall of Fame football coach. And and I'll never forget. Uh, and again, it's somewhere around 105 or 110 goals he wrote down. I jump out of an airplane, meet meet Johnny Carson. I'll be on the Johnny Carson show, you know, go to the White House. Uh, I called him up one day and I said, how you doing? And he said, fine, I, number 37, I just jumped out of an airplane. <laughs> uh, Holtz Holt wrote down those 105, 110 goals. And, and, uh, and here's the important part uh, in the stretch and everything, uh, and that is as follows, that once he completes those 105 goals, you know what he's going to do, John?
0: Well, I guess I going to I, write down I suspect he's not going to quit. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's going to write down another hundred five goals, right? Right, right. right. And, and so, and so that's kind of that's kind of what I was referring to regarding that stretch. And you can't, and of course, you can't talk about stretch, uh, which then moves right into goals. You know what? What is a goal? A goal is a dream with a deadline. Uh, measurable, identifiable, obtainable, specific, in writing. Pale ink is, is better than the most retentive memory, which means you know write your goals down, okay. and uh, that's both your short term and your long term goals. You can't hit anything unless you take aim, and so that's uh, that's that's kind of what I'm referring to. And everybody should stretch their mind just like they do in the visualization. Yeah.
0: So let, let's, let uh, I want to end up um, today, we're, we've run out of time, and I want to end up, I'm talking to Harvey McKay. Uh, we're talking about his new book, The McKay MBA of Selling in the Real World. And I want to end up on, on this idea that you mentioned a couple times, this idea of mentor. Uh, I think it's a concept that is, uh, I think, particularly in our generation, something that people accept as uh, being very, uh, uh, sort of standard practice almost, but uh, I, I see the kind of the 20-year-olds, 20-something uh, 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 age group coming up, and and I don't, you know, this idea of a mentor, I think, is, uh, is not as commonplace. What, what would be, think in terms of this 20, 25-year-old that is now uh, looking at, at, you know, they're, they've grown up looking at Facebook and you know some of these other things as being kind of their standard tools. Uh, how does that person go about? How would you how would you advise that person going about uh, the, adopting this idea of, of finding a mentor?
1: Finding a mentor, yeah, and of course that's just a key key question. If I can insert one little P.S. in here, I just want to take. Uh, I always try to be a differentiator, and and uh, there is a money back guarantee on the last page. If you don't like this book, you get your money back. And I, I just like to, uh, I like to add that in Swim with the Sharks, I think I was the first author in the United States to offer their money back. Uh, I guarantee, I fought with my publisher for
0: three. <laughs> I bet you uh, did. Three.
1: three <laughs> well, uh, I want to tell you, for, for three to six weeks, they wouldn't go to press
0: yeah, without
1: wow. it. And, and they finally put it in Swim with the Sharks. That's back in the late 80s. Yeah. And, uh, five million copies were sold. Seventeen people asked for their money back. Eight of them. Were my best friends. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, I want to just just insert that for the listeners that Alrighty, uh, that I
0: think, they'll, I, think
1: they'll, I think they'll get value received. Okay, so of course I'm you know I'm trying to be selling all the time you too, bet. and I can't help it <laughs> being a salesman. Incidentally, I never put president, never put founder, never put CEO on my on my business, even when we had seven employees, ten employees, fifteen employees. All through my small business years, decades as a small business man, I always had envelope salesman. That was was on my card. I'm not president of the K envelope company, but envelope salesman. That's how proud of I am of that word. So uh, uh, that, that's that's again my strong feeling. Back to your mentor question. Um, that that's just so so key. How to find that mentor? Let me go back and repeat one thing, and that is. Uh, number one, don't, never say no for the other person, never be afraid to ask and get the no, even if it's a rejection. If you get nine no's in a row and you hit on the 10th, it was all worth it for sure. i like to use this in selling because this is what you're doing. That person looking for a mentor, he or she is selling. They're selling themselves out there in the marketplace for some help. Right? So, Here's how it works. When nothing seems to go right, let's say they can't find a mentor, having a tough time. When nothing seems to go right, I sometimes think of a stone cutter hammering away at his rock one hundred times without a dent in it. And yet on the hundred and first blow, the rock will split in two. And I know it was not that blow that did it, but all that had gone before. Yes. So, so so what they have to know. Is you know if you're not willing to practice, practice, you get it right. Finding a mentor, you'll never make the hundred blows that makes the breakthrough on the hundred and first. So you use your even if you don't have a kitchen cabinet, you use your network, you use your contacts. Every person in the country basically knows a couple hundred people. There's nothing wrong with, you know, the insurance business 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, not today. Sell your friends, sell your relatives, make all your mistakes on them, and then go <laughs> out and start telling the customers, right? Well, yeah. they so, so start making, you know, go to your friends, uh, you know, close friends, go to your relatives, uh, aunts, uncles, whatever, who they know, who might be interested. And the most important thing of all is, and this is difficult to accept, the most important thing of all is don't email when you're trying to find an e- a mentor. Don't pick up the phone and ask for the order over there. You're looking for 300 seconds. It's amazing what you can accomplish in 300 seconds. I've gone 4,000 miles at least 25 times, 2,000 out, 2,000 back, uh, just to look at someone straight in the eye and for 300 seconds ask them what I wanted because it was so important. So if you can get that five minutes, you know, working with the gatekeeper to see that person, just tell me you want to do it in person. If you can't, if you can't get there finally, you're getting all kinds of those, You know, there's all kinds of creative ways to get in, which is still selling. You walk over and hand deliver the most beautiful notes you've ever written in your life, hand, so we can get to the handwriting, mm-hmm. and you give it to his or her assistant, and again. You're asking them for five minutes, or, or then you have to might ask for the order right there to be a mentor. So if you keep pounding like that uh, through, your, through your network, having your antenna up, focused, concentrated, uh, there's no one listening on this call, nobody, that can't find a mentor out there. And remember, mentors change over a lifetime. Also, another way to have mentors is you can even, you know, lives basically change in two ways people we meet and the books we read. So so you can have mentors without even without even actually meeting with them and just studying their lives and, and learning from whatever you want to take from those biographies, autobiographies.
0: Absolutely. Well, Harvey, thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure and uh, uh, I wholeheartedly recommend folks picking up The McKay MBA of Selling in the Real World. It is uh, one book that will actually never go out of style, (laughs) I don't think, uh, as we've suggested. So, uh, Harvey, thanks so much, and hopefully we'll see you out there on the road.
1: Well, love the interview. Thanks again, John. Good luck to you. Bye-bye. Bye now.